Hi, this is Alonzo Bowden, and welcome back to Who's Paying Attention. This is episode 41. And when I say welcome back, I shouldn't say that, I guess, because I'm the one who's been gone. For those who don't know, I had surgery on March 26th. I donated a kidney to my brother. Uh, Yeah, don't be too impressed. He owed me money. I want him back to work. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Uh, My brother was suffering from kidney uh, failure. He went on dialysis last year. We did the tests, and I was able uh, to give him a kidney. So my kidney's working. I think one of the funniest things was the doctors talking about how big my kidney was. I I outweigh my brother by about 50 pounds. We're the same height, but I got 50 pounds on him. And I guess when you're a big person, you have big organs. Who knew? Yeah, I know there's a joke in there, but I don't take the cheap ones. You feel free to fill it in. Anyway... I have big kidneys and um, my kidneys working excellently in my brother. A lot of you did comment on Facebook and Twitter and so on, sent good wishes and prayers and I appreciate all of that and we're okay. It's been, today's two weeks since the surgery. I am all right. My only restriction is on weight. I can't lift more than 10 pounds, so I can't work out. But other than that, I'm good. And um, a lot has been going on in the past two weeks, and I don't know. Let's get to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, wow, this is either going to be a really long podcast, or I'm going to condense a lot of stories, or I'm just going to ramble. I don't know where to start, so uh, I'm going to start with the gun thing. Oh, before I do, I do want to give a shout out. I do want to give a shout out to Amy Donahue, and you can go to hashtag kidney chat. Go to hashtag kidney chat on Twitter. Amy runs a um, website, a charity, called Social Media Save My Kidney, and it's all about kidney donors and kidney donation and how literally how easy it is to do. Easy in the sense that I went in the hospital Tuesday, I was home on Friday. I was I was off of painkillers on Saturday. The initial pain is like, if you can imagine doing a thousand sit-ups, how your abs feel, but it, but it tapers off fast. And they need kidneys. And I, I heard a statistic that 60% of eligible donors don't donate. How great would it be to re- reverse that and have 60% of eligible donors that do donate? Um, my body, every doctor I've been to, everyone has checked me, said, there'll be no change in my life. I won't, my body won't even notice that it's missing one kidney. I hope they're right. (laughs) I'm kidding. I feel fine and Amy's doing great work. So if you get a minute, check out hashtag kidney chat. All right. That being said, back to the the news, the so-called news. Let's talk about guns. Let's talk about guns in Louisiana. And here's why I start with Louisiana, because Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal, who we remember from one of the worst responses to a State of the Union speech ever done, Bobby came out and said after this last election, the Republican Party has to stop being the party of stupid, meaning they have to stop being extremists, they have to stop taking ridiculous positions, they have to stop being 
anti-science, anti-intelligence, etc., etc. Now, Bobby follows this up by supporting and signing an amendment in Louisiana that makes gun ownership a fundamental right, similar to freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and they call for strict, strict scrutiny of any gun laws passed by the United States of America. Okay, this is, this is absolutely insane. Okay, now here's, here's why. Here, here are some differences with this law. Because basically what they're saying is, the day you are born, you have the right to carry a gun anywhere, anytime, no matter who you are. Now, this is the kind of case that changes. Okay, Glenn Drowder, 20 years old, New Orleans, convicted felon, was caught riding in a car with a handgun in the back seat and an AK-47 with a 30-round clip in the trunk. Normally, this would be a violation of state law and he'd go to jail, right? Because he's a felon, he can't carry a gun. Not with this new law. He has the same fundamental right to bear arms as anyone else. And his lawyer says the case should be dropped. That's right. Here's another example of how it works. Okay, under the new amendment, police can't preempt a crime. For example, police officer sees someone hiding a gun. Uh, I don't know, it's New Orleans. Let's say he sees him hiding a gun at a Mardi Gras parade. He sees him hiding a gun at a bar. Well, now the, the cop can arrest him and confiscate the gun unless the guy has a gun carry permit. Under the new law, that cop can't do anything until after that person hiding the gun uses it to commit a crime. Yeah, this makes sense. Way to lead the charge against stupid, Bobby. Just you have a fundamental right the day you are born to get your gun and carry it anywhere you want to. From the bar to church, everywhere, Jesus wants you to have a gun. It's sad. And, and let me tell you something. My view on Barack Obama, Congress, and this gun thing, they are doing a horrible job. It is, it, all the talk after the Newtown Massacre is just that, a bunch of talk. No new laws have been passed. If they do pass a law, it's going to be so watered down and so neutered because of their fear of the NRA that, in effect, it won't be a law. They want to remove background checks. They won't have an assault weapons ban. So maybe they'll ban extra large clips, like maybe they'll ban 80 round clips, but still allow you to carry 30 rounds. And here's my thing. Have we ever heard of a crime stopped by a guy who had an AK with a 30 round clip? Have we ever heard of a crime stopped by a guy with a Mac-10 and a 50-round clip? I haven't, so it just, ah. But anyway, getting back to the original point. Bobby, you want to stop being the party of stupid? Stop doing stupid things. Now, let's talk about life, because life, life is important, right? Life is good. Life is worth saving. Well. In North Dakota, <laughs> you know, there's been a, always been a big debate. When does life begin? Well, North Dakota has decided. North Dakota has passed this, this extreme anti-abortion law, this, this personhood amendment. I, I don't even, I'm not sure how to explain this, but basically I guess what they're saying 
is that personhood, life, whatever, starts at the moment of conception, um, the moment of fertilization. And that would make, in effect, make all abortion illegal. Um, this law was so extreme that some Republican lawmakers, some Republican legislature members in North Dakota were going to join the pro-choice movement in protest to this law. Um, ladies, if you have any debate over control of your body and what goes on in your body, you just don't go to North Dakota. So this, uh, again, I, I don't know how to, uh, how to just, Listen, this is how extreme this is, and this is how they get these things done. Okay, this comes back from the Tea Party. In 2010, back when the Tea Party had a lot of influence, North Dakota, uh, all the, the senators, the legislature, they appealed to the Tea Party to get reelected. And there were some who held out, some who fought it. For example, Curtis Olafson, okay, former member of the state senate, said he'd just as soon never see another baby aboard in North Dakota but he knows that this law, uh, this personhood law, is, quote, foolhardy, and they're a waste of everyone's time. Now, this is what they did to him. They redistricted, redistricted him. What does that mean? That means they changed the voting districts so when you go up for re-election, you, it's going to be difficult to be re-elected. He had to go up against some existing, long-term, old-school uh, Republicans and he had a lobbying group called Personhood USA attack him and also attack other legislatures and say if you don't support this bill you're going down just like he did. Needless to say Olson's gone. So now now here's the thing and, and, and I'm not sure about this whole right to life thing. I don't know when life begins. I'm, I'm totally pro-choice. I think it's up to the women. I don't think men should have any say in a debate until a man is actually pregnant and carries a baby to term so he can know exactly what that feels like whether it be to have the baby or not have the baby because having an abortion is a tough choice for a lot of women and I'm sure there's many emotional and psychological um, things involved pain that they go through or maybe indecision or regret or who knows a thousand other things that a woman who's been pregnant, who is pregnant, who's had a baby would know that men don't know. Okay, so that that's my view on the situation. Um, but here, here's the thing, life is sacred, right? Until the baby's born. Then some other baby with the fundamental right to carry a gun could blow him away. You know, like, like in Tennessee, where a four-year-old shot a congressman's wife to death, accidentally, of course, but, you know, the family was at a, out back showing off the guns and the kid picked up a gun and shot somebody, dead. But it was his fundamental right, because life is set. What? I, I don't know. I, it, <laughs> it boggles the mind. It boggles the mind. Now, here's an example, and, and to me, this is an example of the, the left and the right. And, uh, you know, th this is what people say. They say, how come you always pick on the right wing? You know, Obama and his cronies are always doing something wrong. How come you always pick on the Republicans? Okay, maybe, 
Maybe this is why. Um, Republican... <laughs> Republican Representative Don Young from Alaska was doing a radio interview. And he said, you know, my father had a ranch and we used to use 50 to 60 wetbacks to pick tomatoes. Now it takes... It's all done by machine. Now, <laughs> when he said this, see, he didn't even see a problem with calling Mexicans or Latin people or whoever it was. We're pretty sure it was Mexicans who are picking the tomatoes for Father Wetbacks. Like, he didn't even see. They had to point it out to him that, um, excuse me, Don, you, you can't just go calling them Wetbacks. Okay, oh, well, yeah, you can at the R meetings, but not in public. You know what I'm saying? When, you, when you're wearing the hood, you can call them Wetbacks. But otherwise, you got to pretend that you acknowledge them being equal human beings. Doesn't, doesn't even realize it. So, so he gets backlash, of course, and, you know, he comes up with the apology, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's his thing, you know, how terrible he was, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what did Barack Obama do? Well, Barack Obama called... Uh, California Attorney General Kamala Harris the best looking attorney general in America and you know something being the best looking attorney general in America I'm not even sure if that's a compliment all right that's that means you're the tallest of the little people that means you're the fastest snail but anyway Barack Obama caught a bunch of heat over this because he said you know, obviously he said she was brilliant and ambitious and accomplished and dedicated, and et cetera, et cetera. And then he said she happens to be the best looking attorney general in the country. And that was his evil. So, so let's look at the two evils. Wetbacks, best looking attorney general in the country. That's why I make fun of the right. I just think wetbacks little, little tougher than best looking attorney general in the country. Does he marginalize her by bringing her looks in? I don't even think so. I, personally, I don't think so at all. Because he didn't say she got her job because she was beautiful. He didn't in any way indicate that, you know, she was sexy and that's how she got elected. You know, he, listen, some might say Barack Obama's the best looking president we've ever had. I don't know. But is that an insult? I don't think so. Anyway, that's the difference. Wetback versus best looking attorney general. Yes, ladies, I do understand you don't want to be judged by your looks, but this is how I judge it. I've, I've seen pictures of this woman. This woman is pretty enough to be an attorney general on TV, okay? That's, you know that's hot. Have you ever seen the prosecutors on Law & Order? Listen, I've been recovering from surgery, so I'm laid up all day, every day, and between USA and TNT, Law & Order is on all the time. These are the hottest prosecutors. There's always the old guy, but forget about him. Is Angie Harmon and a series of others just like her. Hot. Way too hot to be prosecutors in real life, except for Kamala Harris. She's the only one who could hang with him. So God bless you, Kamala. You are a beautiful woman. I don't see that as a sin. And, and to any... No, I'm not even going to do it. Yeah, I have to do it. I got to stay fair and balanced, don't I? All right, <laughs> to, to any wetbacks picking fruit, I hope I didn't insult you by calling the attorney general beautiful. We as a nation have collectively lost our minds 
when those two are considered equal and apologies have been given for both. I ain't apologizing, I'm a comic. Hey, what if she was the best looking wetback in California? I gotta stop saying that, that's harsh, but it's kind of funny. What else we got? Okay, um, well, we're talking about fair and balanced and you can't say the words fair and balanced without talking about Fox News, right? Because Fox News is fair and balanced or so we thought. The Tea Party boycotted Fox News. Why? For being too liberal. That's right, that damn Fox News, too far to the left. This is what their, their complaint is. They say that Fox News did not go after Obama on Benghazi uh, the way the lamestream media went after Nixon on Watergate. Yeah, they said that Benghazi, you know, the, the um, attack on a diplomatic mission in Libya, we lost a, an ambassador and it, this is, you know, this is the one that they wanted to bring down uh, Hillary Clinton over and so on and so forth. Well, uh, you know, it was, it was obviously a huge conspiracy that, that Hillary Clinton was in on, Barack Obama was in on, and now the Tea Party says, Fox News, they're in on it too. Sons of bitches. I always knew that Fox News was swinging to the left. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. It, it's absolutely staggering. They have a website called Benghazi Truth. Uh, the website is a single page, 23,000 word manifesto. Anytime you hear that word manifesto, you know there's going to be a problem. And you know what? They say Fox News is in on it. Okay. Um, the Tea Party is against Fox News and they're waiting for the real network to come out and tell the truth. They have a network coming up called America One and that's going to be to the right of Fox News and they can't wait till America One comes out this summer. You know what? I can't wait till America One comes out this summer. I can't wait to see a network that, that makes Sean Hannity look left-wing. That's going to be, I can't even comprehend what stories they're going to tell or what slant they're going to have. I think when, when the Tea Party boycotts Fox News for being too left-wing, we're just about at the end. We're not quite at the end, but we're just about at the end. <laughs> I don't often laugh at my own stuff, and maybe it's good I didn't do a... Uh, Maybe I, it's good that I didn't do a web, uh, podcast last week because it did hurt when I laugh recovering from surgery. But uh, wow, yeah, this, this is it. Um, they boycotted Fox News, and here's an example. Here's an example of the of the kind of people who can't wait for America One. Donnie Farmer, 48, works as a chimney sweep in Central Pennsylvania. But you didn't know we still had chimney sweeps running around. That's right. He's a proud conservative and he sells right-leaning memorabilia like liberals are freaking idiot t-shirts and 10 out of 10 terrorists recommend voting Democrat. Um, I guess he's been polling terrorists. I don't know. Um, he said it was hard to stay away from Fox News and in particular its website, but but he was able to do it because he could go to Mediate or Drudge. And of course, Glenn Beck still has a website. So there's still some sanity out there for the chimney sweeps. 
you, you know something? If your ass is a chimney sweep, then you should be conservative because you're doing a job that was, what, 1731, 1800 at best? You're a chimney sweep. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I, I'm going I'm to just stop right there because we got a lot to cover, but it's going to be pretty hard to top when the tea partiers are boycotting Fox News. Um, this next one, this is just an opinion, okay? George Haymont, um, San Francisco-based critic, wrote this article. It was, it was in the Huffington Post. I read it. It was kind of interesting. It was uh, called Opting Out of Reality for Jesus. And the question <laughs> he's proposing is, does organized religion make people stupid? Uh, I'm not saying it does. I, here's my thing on organized religion, Christianity in particular. It does a lot of good for a lot of people. There, there are, I'll say, billions of good Christians out there who care about people, who, who help others, whether it be through donations or missions or literal, you know, they're, they're on the ground. They're in third world countries. They're feeding people starving. They, they help out after disasters. Uh, one of the biggest relief providers after Hurricane Katrina were religious organizations. So religion itself is not bad. Those in the business of religion are pretty much horrible. Um, the, and I'm talking about the televangelists who are in it for the money and the, the Catholic priests, cardinals and hierarchy in, in the Catholic church that covers up for child molestation, um, the, the hatred of women, the, the racism promoted, that, that sort of, but that's all the leadership. That's not the people. So, so I don't begrudge religious people for being religious. Um, I do begrudge religious leadership for the for the views that they promote i don't believe that if jesus was walking around i don't think jesus would be anti-gay i don't think jesus would be pro-war i don't think jesus would hate muslims uh, i don't think jesus would abuse women and the rights of women and i really doubt jesus would cover up raping of children and and it's a harsh thing but that's what it was Systematic. So, so that being said, let's get back to stupidity. Um, <laughs> this guy, he grew up, uh, his father was a science teacher. He comes from a background of science and so on. I just, this is what attracted me to the article. He has a billboard, a picture of a billboard in the article. And the billboard says, religion is like a penis. It's okay to have one. It's okay to be proud of it. However, do not pull it out in public. Do not push it on children. Do not write laws with it. Do not think with it. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I never would have put that together myself, but I got to go with that one, you know? <laughs> so, um, science versus religion. Uh, I don't think they, they go against each other, but we can, we can pretty much say that I'm, I'm going to go with science on this one. And... That's hilarious. Do not pull it out in public. You hear that? Keep it, keep it zipped up in public. It, it was a great article. Um, he quoted some, some good people on both sides. Um, obviously, one of the great ones, John Stewart from The Daily Show. Uh, quote, they always throw around this term, liberal elite. And I kept thinking to myself about the Christian right. 
What's more elite than believing only you will go to heaven? <laughs> Here's a good one, John. And then, uh, No. Okay, I'm going to just let it go right there. Religion versus science? Well, let's look at the age of the universe. Recently, um, the European Space Agency's Planck mission has determined that the universe is 13.82 billion years old. 13.82 billion years old. Now, I know... Sarah Palin has determined the universe is between five and 6,000 years old, but let's look at how we get there. Um, Sarah Palin just pulled the number out of the sky, just, just decided that was it. I, I don't know how she got it. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. They claim it's in the Bible, that, I, whatever, because we believe it. The, the Planck mission, and this is where, you know, when you argue with scientists, just this is just my opinion. When you look at the research these guys do, when you look at how they do it, and it's, they are so smart. I think it's difficult for them to dumb down what they're doing just to the point that we mortals would understand it. Okay? So this, this is what they do. They study the sky, light in the sky, um, we know that light comes from stars, etc. So I'm going to try to condense this, but wow. This light was first emitted when the universe was very young, about 380,000 years old. Back then it was blindingly bright, but it's been traveling for eons to get to us. It's dimmed and reddened. It, it, the universe is expanding, which causes the wavelength of the light to stretch out, etc., etc. So... They look at the sky. There are some brighter spots, some dimmer spots, and they use this with the knowledge of, um, of how light travels, of how light is created, of fluctuations in light. And that's how they come to the, to the conclusion that Earth is 13.82 billion years old. It, it's staggering. And yes, that is science. That is why we have to spend money. You know, Barack Obama wants to spend money on mapping the human brain. And because these people are smart, these people are genius. These people know what they're doing. So I'm going to go with them on the age of the universe versus on the one hand, we have, well, the Bible tells me it's 5,000 years old and me versus scientists who study how light has traveled through space and time and expanded and, and we're talking quantum quantum physics and, and yeah, my head hurts just thinking about how smart these guys are. Can you imagine casual conversation with these guys? Just meet up, meet them. I don't know. I don't know where I'd cross paths with them, but I'd be like, yeah, so what do you do for a living? Well, I study the age of the universe um, based on quantum physics and the speed of wavelengths of light traveling R really i tell jokes I, I i got a bit about giving my brother a kidney and i got a new hippo bit that i'm working on but it's nice to meet you mr light studying quantum physicist scientist guy 
Have you met Sarah Palin? <laughs> God, I love stuff like that. Man, what a genius. Um, getting back to, to right versus left, only, only because, well, that seems to have developed into the theme. Remember Plan B? You remember Plan B, the, um, the, the morning after pill? It's been called. Um, well, anyway, now, and, and I'm sure I don't even know what this judge's politics are, but it's some bitch from New York. He's from Brooklyn. You know, that's a liberal some bitch or to pass a gun law and we can shoot him. This judge has handed down a ruling that the plan B so-called morning after pill can be purchased by a woman or girl of any age over the counter no ID, no nothing. They, she, they, that was the original plan of the FDA. And it, this is what I found interesting about it. The FDA said that the drug should be um, allowed to be purchased by anyone at any time. And it was actually, and this is surprising, Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius under Barack Obama administration said, screw the FDA, and it should be behind the counter, and you should have to have ID to buy it. You have to be a certain age, blah, blah, blah. And the judge said, no. Judge said, you're wrong, and, and anyone can buy it. This is, this is phenomenal, and, and I know it's a great decision. How do I know it's a great decision? Because right away, conservatives, women, advocacy groups, and those words don't go together at all. We're conservative women advocates. What about equal pay for women for equal work? Shut up. That's not what we were talking about. So I don't know how that goes together. But they said the judge is wrong. And that tells me that the judge was right. So that is a victory for women. It, it is a victory for women that they can get this pill. And it's not, they don't have to prove their age. They don't have to have ID, et cetera, et cetera. And, and on the topic of women, rest in peace, Margaret Thatcher, who truly was a powerful woman and, and a leader and um, she did a lot. She did a lot for England. She did a lot for the world. And it, it's sad to see her go. Uh, but she's gone now, so God bless. And yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say um, about that. And then there, there's one other guy I want to bring up. Then I'm, I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. You know I'm not going to go out, you know, all heavy. But uh, we got a new black Republican. You know they're always looking for a black Republican because Condoleezza Rice gets tired from being a black Republican. Colin Powell was the black Republican, and then they, they used him to prop up the Iraq war, and he said, I've had enough of this bullshit. I, I was set up. I ain't lying for you anymore, and he was out. And then Michael Steele was the black Republican, and, and they found out that he was just incompetent at what he did, and uh, and he had the nerve to speak out against him. And, and then... Um, they, you know, they're always looking for another one. Herman Cain was the black Republican for about two weeks. And then they were like, wow, this guy's so dumb. He makes Bobby Zindow look genius. Well, now they got Ben Carson. Um, ben Carson is a neurosurgeon from Johns Hopkins University. The man is intelligent. There's no question of that. Um, he's a conservative for whatever reason. I'm not going to get into that. That's his choice. I respect that. Uh, 
they they're getting behind him and they're trying to make him a national figure because they always want that black person who will speak out against Barack Obama. So Ben Carson was going to give the um, commencement speech at John Hopkins and he did the thing of, you know, if you allow homosexuals to marry, next thing is bestiality. And I don't know why they always compare the homosexuals to man marrying an animal. But anyway, he did that, caused a little dust up, still giving the speech. I respect Ben Carson. I don't understand Ben Carson. I do not understand black people who become ultra conservative like this because it goes, in my opinion, it goes against everything in black people's interests. The, the Republican Party, and let's don't bring up Lincoln and all that. We know the parties have switched. Yes, Lincoln was a Republican, but they've switched since then. We know about the, the, the Southern strategy, which is, you know, persuade the Southern states to stick to racism and all the code words. And I'm not even going to get into all of it. If you don't believe that the Republican Party supports and uses racism as as a fear tactic as a vote getting tactic as an election tactic then you're not paying any attention to what is actually being said in the news so when a, a person like ben carson or a condoleezza rice comes along i don't understand them but i do respect them and i'm very curious as to what's going to happen with ben carson when he speaks his mind and it doesn't fit in with the republican fit in lockstep with the republican message some bitch will probably be on that left-wing Fox News instead of where the real Americans will be on America One. Will Ben Carson pass the America One test? I don't think so. All right, enough of that. Let's look at sports. First of all, congrats to Louisville and Rick Pitino on the national championship. Phenomenal. Uh, this tournament was great because this tournament you couldn't pick. There wasn't a dominant school. I did pick Louisville, but that doesn't make me a genius. They were ranked number one going in. Um, I don't like underdogs, so I'm glad number one won. And and good for them. So And Rick Pitino to actually have won with both schools. And the, both, the two schools being Kentucky and Louisville. I don't know if people understand what a rivalry that is. That would be like being a baseball manager who won the World Series for the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Do you understand? Those two schools hate each other, and he's coached both of them to the national championship. So good for you, Rick. And how about winning the national championship and being voted into the Basketball Hall of Fame the same week? That's a pretty damn good week. Good for Rick Pitino. Good for Louisville. Brittany Griner, uh, 6'8", center for Baylor University, um, universally, unanimously, the, the greatest woman basketball player ever. Mark Cuban said he's going to look at her for a draft in the NBA. Look, it makes for good press. It, it all sounds very good. It, it's, it's not going to happen. The, the difference in athleticism between her and not even, I'm not even going to say a 6'8 NBA power forward. I'm not going to say an NBA starter. Just, just an, an NBA player. I don't think she could honestly... She doesn't have the strength or athleticism to go up against a six foot eight Division I college ball player. And, and I'm not being sexist here. It's just, it's really, they were surprised when she dunked. Can you imagine a six foot eight ba male basketball player being surprised that he dunked? Like that's the athleticism and the strength is where she could never compete in the NBA. Okay. And don't just take my word for it. Nancy Lieberman, probably the first great woman basketball player first national name etc 
played in the USBL in the in the 80s, blah, blah, blah. This is what she said. There's not a man who would sell his soul and let her come down and dunk on him. They're going to knock her on her ass. <laughs> okay. Um, she just, no. You know, yeah, she should try it. It's going to be a lot of publicity. It's going to be, but no, she can't. Just like, you know, the women tennis players don't play against the men and the women golfers don't play against the men. Because the men have an, if you have an advantage in golf, remember Nancy, what was her name? We, Michelle, we, Michelle, we tried to play in men's golf. And if you don't have the athleticism to compete in golf, you think you're going to compete in basketball where athleticism. And I mean, have you seen Russell Westbrook? Go ahead. Google him. Google Russell Westbrook. See what that six, eight looks like and what her six, eight looks like. And just to put it in perspective, LeBron James is 6'9". Could Britney defend LeBron? Hell, nobody in the NBA could defend LeBron. Listen, I respect Britney Griner. Kudos to her. She is the greatest woman player of all time. She, it, it, it was amazing. Blocks, dunks, etc. Ready to play in the NBA? No. Mark Cuban using her for a publicity stunt? Yes. God bless you. Uh, the Masters is this weekend. Tiger's back. I, I said it last year when he was winning. I said Tiger was back. Tiger's already won a couple of times this year. Tiger's ranked number one. Ladies and gentlemen, Tiger got a new blonde. Tiger got Lindsey Vonn. Once Tiger got, I said it last year. When Tiger gets a blonde back, when Tiger gets a white woman back, watch out. Tiger's about to kick some ass and take names. I don't know if he's going to win the Masters. I damn sure hope he does. Oh, go Tiger. And I've been reading articles about tiger and apparently 18 is not the magic number 18 majors is how many jack nicholas won but uh nota begay and a few others who have known tiger since childhood said that he's always been going for 20 that he wants 20 majors i think he's going to make it i'm a tiger woods fan i support certain athletes in disgrace i don't support athletes who are violent but I do support athletes who I feel were unjustly persecuted like Lance Armstrong and Ty Tiger Woods. Tiger ain't hurt me by cheating on his wife. He cost himself a lot of money. It was stupid. It was bad. But I supported him all the way. He's back. Finally, and this is totally unrelated to anything. I just like this story. The number one stolen car in the world? Still the Honda Accord. See, that, that's what they should do on a commercial. The Toyota Camry's number one? No, the Honda Accord's number one. It's the most stolen because they need parts for them. And that's where they get the cheap parts from. So if you meet a guy in an alley and you need some parts for a car, you better have a Honda. If you got a Toyota, he ain't going to have no parts for you. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. That's Who's Paying Attention, episode 41, Long and Rambly. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'll be still be recovering from surgery for a while. Uh, I will be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR this Saturday. And I, I love you guys for listening. Thanks again for the support on everything. Go to alonzolive.com. Check out the new layout of the website. Let me know if you like it. Let me know if it works for you. I'm back on tour. I'll be headed to your town soon. And... Um, that's it. That's all I got. Welcome back. Follow me on Twitter. Remember, hashtag kidney chat, Monday nights, 8 o'clock Pacific.
I think that's it for shout outs. And I'll talk to you after Tiger wins the Masters. <laughs>